Matt Will. No L's, just sevens. This is the bliss, licking they lips, Twitter with this, minimal risk, finity shifts, ribbon off rip, quick in the hits, first on the list, this, mad will, going crazy on the daily, dropping facts like a shower in the world of rain and entertainment, yeah, another day, another pod, all these thoughts are up facade, so I had to ask him what he got, said he got a lot, said he got a lot of what, got a lot of shifts, and it's time for the daily blitz. Good morning, everybody out there in Radio Land. It's Manic Monday, November 22nd. Welcome back to the Daily Blitz Football Podcast. All my daily blitzers out there. You know me, going 110 miles an hour is always big. Johnny, follow me up at MLB Moving AVG. Or just type in NFL Moving Averages into that Bluebird Twitter machine. The host of the Falcon Han Solo, not with us today, but that should not stop you from shooting him a follow at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I. A-M-S. Maddie, we miss you. Can't wait to see you Friday. If you're new to the show, I'm seeing those unique listens kind of pop up. Monday, we do the quick look back at our picks and our lineups, plus a quick rundown of the board. I'll give you a sniff at tonight's game between the Giants and the Buccaneers. Tuesday, all 32 teams injury report, plus the subsequent waiver wire moves. Wednesday is generally the first look at the Sunday betting board, but because it's Thursday, we'll probably do a Thanksgiving show. You know, the season really never stops in you know I'm still prepping for baseball. I take at least one day a week this time of year, dedicated between the lines. Make sure I'm staying sharp at my craft, something I speak about all the time and why I've enjoyed doing this quick shot football podcast so much. Really just keep the tools sharp. That way you don't find yourself having to do too much work at once in your mind. Just always somewhat on it. Let's go back and look at my lineups. I didn't play a bunch of DraftKings. I fell just short of a pretty big takedown on the 1 p.m only like literally just short i hung a 165 it was hertz mccaffrey gaskin mooney devonta smith brandon Ayuk, adam troutman aj dillon and the jacksonville jaguars that was a big miss for me on the main slate ones i ended up losing lamb and a few other players i cashed in two or four in the millie so not a great week but i did get a few dollars back and like i said really just close to getting a nice bink onto the football picks if you're unfamiliar i've been posting four money line dog system plays every Every single week, we were 10 weeks into the season. We had 10 profitable weeks in a row. These things do not last forever, and it ended abruptly. Yesterday, the Colts pick was tremendous, and I think there's a few lessons here. If anybody, again, is new, you're coming here for the context and the nuance. I actually do this stuff to make a living at times, or at least it's a secondary income among other risk ventures that I do. Otherwise, saying, I know exactly what I'm doing. You have to be regimented risk management, daily risk allotment at the center of success, something you you never hear anybody else talking about because it's not sexy. They're just more interested in tweeting emojis or, you know, whatever else. That's just kind of the fact of the matter. Betting media, again, more interested in makeup than they are in you getting better. I care more about you getting better because without you, I'm still doing this for money. And that's really what you want to be asking is the person you're getting information from actually betting on their own without the camera in front of them. The answer to most of those questions is no. So we were 10 weeks into the season with 10 winners in a row. It ended. We did have Indianapolis jump out of the box plus 250 and that's where I was getting at with that lesson so I risk one unit on each of the four dogs one tenth of unit on a parlay talk about not sexy who else is posting one tenth unit parlays one tenth unit parlay against the spread and then I range the reverse parlay depending 
on the opponent's juice. I want to get it up to about a unit. And the reason I do that, people, I know you're hearing parlays, parlays, parlays. I'm looking to make my percentage climb with the money long picks and then take the big jump when I hit it all. Week one, we hit all four, cleared the board, you get a tremendous hit, then you're off to the races. The reason for the favorite parlay is that eliminates the O for four outcome. And to me, over the long term, it's worth it. In this situation, I don't think I would do it always, but because we're betting on such long shots, you got to understand, we knew the losses were coming. So the Colts get it done in a major way. That was huge. That 250 plus your initial unit almost gets you back to even already. I was loving life. Then we get back into the rest. I had the Saints, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who both lost. Jacksonville got decimated. I've been talking about not backing them. Went back and watched the tape. Thought I'd, they'd be able maybe to hang at home against an injured 49ers team. That was not the case. And then I had Dallas for a chance to get into the black. Dallas at Kansas City really did not look sharp. Zeke went in and out. Out. Lamb went down. They had a lot of injuries. Whatever, no excuses. Didn't get it done. Finished down 0.95 units on the week. So that was the big loss, right? That was our big disastrous week. Resulted in minus one unit, let's say, if you want to round it up. So to put a bow on that, I'm good at what I do and remain in the betting markets every single day because I have a strict process. All right, let's get back into the board. We'll do a quick run around as fast as I can go. Saints, like I said, I like them. They lost to the Eagles. Eagles hung 40. I was really surprised. You know, if you would have told me the Saints were going to score 29, I probably thought they would have got it done. Miles Sanders was back 16 for 94 on a score. He looked really good. The Eagles are a brand new team. Howard had 10 rushes. Hertz had 18. Scott had 6. That's a phenomenal amount of running. That's like almost 50 rush attempts in a game. We're going to have to make that part of the calculus. The Saints very good against the run. I knew the Eagles would try and run. I didn't think they'd do it that prolifically, you know, or that often even. Dallas Goddard ended up being healthy playing, led the team in targets. So, you know, the Saints I wasn't really high on without Kamara. Maybe we have to look again at the defense. Again, we have to reassess those Eagles. Dolphins go to face my J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets in New York. Ended 24-17. Not much of a shock there. I guess if anything, maybe we're surprised the Dolphins didn't get as much done. On offense, Tua did throw a pick, but he also threw two touchdowns. Mile Gaskins caught one of them, kind of saved that day. He did have 23 for 89 on the ground, but when you're talking about those Jets, really kind of tough. Flacco was out there slinging. I know some people were talking about it out there as a possibility, myself included. 24 of 39 for 291. It was Elijah Moore that I really liked. Got to keep that in mind, people. New quarterbacks means new continuity. That's the favorite receiver. 8 of 11, 141 and 1. My best ball teams caught a major boost. The football team in Carolina, I didn't bet this one, but I will be completely honest as always. I really like the Panthers to win this one. I didn't even think the spread was close enough. Fast forward to the end. Washington gets it done on the road, winning 27-21. Cam Newton looked good, at least running the ball and from an efficiency standpoint through the air. 21 of 27 for 189. He threw for two scores. He ran for another score. Christian McCaffrey touched the ball, you know, 18 times, probably a bit shorter than we thought, especially in a game that they were losing. Over to the Washington side, Heineke got it done. He was efficient with three, three touchdowns on only 206 yards. Terry McLaurin with the bounce back. We know what's in there, but it was kind of on low volume, so we've seen this new version of F1 where he really needs to be efficient to get there, but it shouldn't shock you. Five receptions, 103 yards, and the score. That all-important bonus coming in in your daily and fantasy play. Panther defense, another big disappointment for me. I really like them in DFS at the price. Did not 
get it done. Fast forward, Colts at Bills had this one kind of locked and loaded. I had the Colts with the win. I liked the Colts with the points. I spoke about this. Them being a complete team, now looking better. That offensive line is the best in football. All five of the opening day starters are finally playing together. Opening day starters that didn't play together. Opening day. Buffalo, this is becoming an issue now. We've seen the bottom for this team, and really it centers around Josh Allen. I don't want to blame the guy. He is awesome, like an MVP caliber player, absolutely. But 21 of 35, that's only 60%. 209 yards, not a lot of yardage there. Two touchdowns and two picks. And if you watch it, it is really ugly at times. Josh Allen has to clean up that game. Matt Breida was the back they went to the most five carries for 51 yards, but if you really ask me from a fundamental and strategic standpoint, I would tell you I think the center of the Bills' struggles happened because the lack of a conventional run game. We know Allen has giddy up, but I think you need to present that threat between the tackles. Breida has shown a little bit of burst, but you just got to run the ball more than, you know, 15 or 16 times in a game total. You want to see 20 to 23 from your lead back and then tack on another four or five elsewhere let's say getting creative or just having another kind of conventional back out there bills don't have anything like that and i think those issues are starting to show lions went to the browns keep that winless streak alive browns a little bit unimpressive on offense but this is something that i talked about i did not consider them a cover team for the lions so i had the browns to win i had the lions to cover and we were clear on the under 13 10 browns hey man we had that one capped to a t was talking about nick chubb being my top running back on the week. Nah, he got across. It wasn't quite the domination I thought we'd see. 22 for 130 is excellent, averaging 5.9. He tacked on a couple more catches. That's where he got into the end zone. I was hoping for the big touchdown day from Nick Chubb. That didn't happen. I thought he'd rip off one or two really long ones. Lions kept it together. They looked a little bit like the cover team people thought they were getting to start the year, but quarterback, a major issue. There was nowhere to go but up from Goff. We realized there was. It was a step to the side. Boyle came in when 15 of 23. 65% up bad, but for only 77 yards, no touchdowns, and two picks. They fully relied on DeAndre Swift. 14 carries for 136. He is a beast among beasts. TJ Hawkinson, I was also talking about the quarterback shift and the continuity that I just mentioned before, possibly moving in Hawkinson's direction. He came back 6 of 8 of 51. So, you know, he had like 75% of all the throwing yards. Lions are going to be better without Goff. I think he's coming back. They just stink. Don't know what you're going to get on Thursday. Keep up with the show. Tomorrow, we'll talk about it a bit more. Browns passing game yuck run away for your life next up 49ers beat the hell out of the Jaguars 30 to 10 I missed on this one now don't get me wrong with the odds in place I did know there was a pretty good chance the Niners could win I thought the Jacksonville Jaguars had a shot I was hoping to pull in a W on the plus seven and then being at home hoping to get it done more of the same from the Jaguars just really sloppy Trevor Lawrence 16 of 25 so the 64 percent okay but only 158 yards not 9.9 yards per completions, no TDs, no interceptions. They struggled to run the ball. Again, another team, only 16 attempts. This one got away from them early. Robinson, 12 attempts or 29. He did to the end zone. LaVisca Chenault makes an appearance at the top of the board. 5 of 5 for 50. Marvin Jones, 4 of 52, but really ugly below that. The Agnew Love Boat, I think that ship has sailed. 49ers in Debo Samuel, 
looking awesome. Now he's like a sick running back. He had eight rushes for 79 yards and a score. Tacked on only one more catch. I know that was a bit concerning. Where did the looks go to the guy we were playing? We were all over Brandon Ayuk. He was 7 for 7, 85 and 1. That was the guy you wanted. If you chased Jeff Wilson, you're probably disappointed. He did dominate as far as carries, 19 of those, but only 50 yards, no score. Another two targets, one catch for eight yards. Sermon got some looks there. So I'm not sure there's much to take away here. The 49ers are not a dumpster fire, I guess, just yet. Jacksonville still really poor on offense. Whenever I go back and watch them, you just notice they're never able to put it all together. Let's get into the big surprise of the day. Texans beat the Tennessee Titans. Gosh, I've been one week behind on a lot of these money line calls. For the beginning of the year, if you follow my work, I really tend to like the Texans with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. He's a capable and competent quarterback. Believe it or not, I mean, the number is not really reflecting much of that. 14 of 24, 107. The story here was Tannehill was gross. I know that for a fact because I started him in fantasy. Huge mistake for me. Texans secondary has been so poor. 52 attempts from Tannehill completes 35 for 323. Doesn't say so bad. One touchdown and four interceptions. Yikes. And if you chased Deontay Foreman, which I didn't really chase him, but I will take my L. I thought he would be the lead back there. Didn't lead in rushes. That was Peterson, nine for 40. Didn't lead in receiving as far as running backs go. Hilliard had 10 targets from the backfield. That was the work I thought Foreman would get. Another L for me. Titans just look terrible. I think you're going to see them bounce back almost the same way that they did after they lost to those despicable Jets. I don't know if the Titans are playing down the competition, taking their foot off the gas, or if there's just a bit of fraudulent behavior there with that team. But I did mention the Titans offense having to show us something. I think that is probably the main takeaway. Houston is a different team with Tyrod at the helm now that he's healthy and maybe has a bit of timing back. I made sure I wanted to highlight A.J. Brown did get nine targets that we were high on. He only reeled in five of 48. So the looks are there, man. 52 attempts, 323 yards. You really would have thought Brown would have had a better game. It was Westbrook Aquino, believe it or not, seven of eight for 107. You knew somebody was going to get to the Texans. That one, yikes. I'll tell you in the future, we will be looking at the Texans team to be doing some covering in the future. Green Bay goes to Minnesota. That was a one-point difference. I missed on this one as well. Again, I didn't lay any money on it, but I'd like to make sure that I'm open with my leans and open with my process. I'd like the Packers to win it. I was more into the money line because of the against the spread dollar per point calculations that we always do here again. Nuance and context, a lots of boring stuff. The reason why we succeed, the reason why you should be hanging out with me and Maddie. Don't forget to follow us up and rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. I do think it's one of the rare bright spots. I've been consuming a lot of football content just to see what's out there. A lot of it is a lot of the same. So let's get back into the game. Aaron Rodgers, 23 of 33, 385 and 4. Hard to believe they lost a game when he did that. A.J. Dillon that the entire world is on. Not great between the tackles. As far as average goes, good. But again, what do you notice with these teams are losing? Less than 20 attempts on the ground. Dillon, 11 for 53. He did catch all six targets. So he did fulfill expectations as far as usage, but he just didn't get that touchdown equity. That went to Devontae Adams. Big surprise. He's always due for a big game whenever he's down. Seven of eight, 115 of two. Marquez Valdez Scantling had 10 targets. If I told you in four for 123 and one with a 31 yard average, that's not a shock. The 10 targets was, you got to scoop him up everywhere 
just in case, just in case they have something going on there now that he's healthy. If he has a bit of a rapport, you know, they lost the tight end. Could be really good things for that duo in the future. Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook was Maddie's play, 22 for 86 and a score. Tacked on three catches for 29. Probably not the ceiling game we thought we'd get. It was Justin Jefferson Day, caught 8 of 10, 169 and 2. Uh, not to put my losses out on the airways, but I guess, you know, it can be therapeutic. That was the killer for me in that near bink in the 1 p.m. I was ahead. Jefferson, I think he might have caught a touchdown and the two-point conversion. He just had the monster ceiling game. That was the pick. If you went Jefferson and Adams, you cashed yesterday. I had Adams. I really was not on Jefferson. I kind of had been liking the Packers past DK, Sarasara, Vikings with the three-point win. You got to look at them going forward. They are legit. Speaking of legit, there wasn't much of that when the Ravens played the Bears. Ravens pulled it off at the end. Bears finding new and exciting ways to lose games. Big story here was quarterback injuries. Lamar Jackson was out. I faded everything. Baltimore, the line jumped to Chicago. I still had a feeling it was the Baltimore money line. That point spread, I think, went to one and a half. Baltimore gets the cover with the three-point win without Lamar Jackson. I really don't care about the Ravens game. I'll go back and watch it during the week, but I don't really care. I was more excited about the Bears. Justin Fields ends up getting hurt, leaving the game, sinking lots of DFS hopes and dreams. However, however, however... I, I, they're not a bad team with Andy Dalton playing. If he's healthy, you can go back and watch that tape. They were a pretty fluid offense. And what did we see? Mooney targets to the moon. 16 targets. I wonder if that's a high on the season. He only reeled in five, but for 121 and one. Goodwin, who I hadn't really even had on my radar, gets eight targets, four catches for 104 and one. Those are guys you're going to have to circle in particular with Allen Robinson if he doesn't come back. If he does, he may turn into that target guy. Could be a good buy low opportunity again none of these opportunities for buy low players are going to be wide open in your face without competition from other GMs so that might be a place you can go and get it right people are thinking oh Fields is hurt they're down on the receiving core where they zig we zag could be a spot for low cost profit I gotta get to roll these games we gotta hurry up Bengals go into Las Vegas probably what I and everyone else expected I was shocked that that line was as close as it was we talked about that on the Friday show Bengals mop up the Raiders Raider offense really starting to look gross. Carr, 19 of 27, 215, 1 and 1. He also fumbled. Darren Waller was back, 7 for 116. Bengals are an awesome offense. Gotta love them. They did it on the ground. Mixon had 30 carries, 123 and 2. Jamar Chase did get in the end zone, but only 3 of 6 for 32 yards. Tyler Boyd led the way in targets with 8. T. Higgins disappointed the world. Gotta keep an eye on that. I'll probably be looking for a bounce back. Cardinals go into Seattle. The big news before was Murray was out Hopkins was out the money flew to Seattle square money gonna be square people Seattle not looking good right now until Russell is throwing darts you cannot get with the Seahawks besides the fact that defense is vanilla at very best not even a really good like slow churn vanilla it's one of those gross frozen crystal chip vanilla Colt McCoy slinging the rock everywhere 35 of 44 328 and 2 I was not down with Colt McCoy I was voiding this one like the plague but it was getting with Rondell Moore on the low A dot looks 11 of 11 but only 51 yards James Conner of course finds the end zone Cowboys at the Chiefs I mentioned I needed the Cowboys to pull off the win to make it a profitable week on my venture did not have 
happened. They did hold the Chiefs to only 19 points, which is a really good thing. Chiefs look like they were flying up and down. Mahomes, 23 of 37, which is just mass, 62%, 260 yards, no touchdowns, did have a pick, and a fumble. Clyde Hilaire was back, 12 carries, 63, and a score. He also caught a couple balls, so good by Darrell Williams. Tariq Hill, of course, had 11 targets, reeled in 9 of 77. He'll be another good buy low spot. Gotta love those guys when they drop 16, 17 fantasy points. It's like a total floor game. You know, he's getting double-digit targets every single week. And then the night game, which I kind of missed a bit of. I woke up to see there were 78 points scored. Chargers beat the Steelers, which I absolutely thought would happen. I absolutely thought that would happen. I didn't think the spread was close enough, but... The Steelers hung 37 on the Chargers defense. I'm going to get back and watch that one immediately. Really interested in that team. I have kind of been whipsawed lately by the Chargers. I was really into them early on. They were producing, so maybe I'm kind of falling in love with my old priors. Now they've been wonky. We wanted to see more giddy-up from the offense, which we got, but... I like the defense, which has been falling apart. They've had crazy injuries in the secondary. So, I don't know. I'm looking forward to watching that game. I'll get back to these during the week. All righty. Let's take a quick look at Monday Night Football. See if we can identify a plus EV play. Before we get out of here, it's Giants at Tampa Bay. Buccaneers, both of these teams really banged up. Giants are 11-point underdogs on the road. Bit surprised. They're not going to be wrong. I think Tampa Bay is a superior team. They are coming off two losses. And they have some serious injuries going on there right off the bat. I think I like the play. Plus 11, here's a good spot for that math I was talking about. Giants, 11-point underdogs. Got to look at the money line. It's at plus 410. The offering, right? That's how you have to have a new understanding. I want the people that roll with me to have my understanding. I don't just give you picks. We're giving you process and a method of going about this. Plus 11 at the even VIG, minus 110. Plus 410 on the money line. That's a $38 point. You're being offered $38 to get behind the money line. So there are a few ways to go about this. I would never fully dedicate the entire risk R to the plus 410. But if you like the Giants, you got to get a sniff of that money line because of the $38 offering. You could work it out. So if you hit one, the venture is still profitable. Something that I like to do over to the Buccaneers side. That is 575 at minus 11. So that's a $42 point, meaning it costs you now, because the favorite side, $42. If you like the Bucks, you have to take the spread. Not sure I'd really want to. They're missing Vita Vea. He is a big part of that defense. Rakim on a defensive tackle side, also questionable. Didn't see any new news this weekend on him. Gronk didn't practice. He's got the cue. I don't think he's going to play. Antonio Brown listed out. Richard Sherman listed out. Dee Delaney listed out. Scotty Miller listed out. And Rashard Robinson listed out. Cornerback, cornerback, quarterback. Everywhere you look, that secondary is decimated. I'm not getting behind Tampa Bay at this one. If you don't like the the Giants just get away all together. Let's take a look at this game really quick. Giants offense has struggled, but they do have a lot of giddy up. 27 seconds of play down with only 30 seconds in a neutral script, but no efficiency there. Only 32 yards per drive, two minutes and 47 seconds. Those are both down in the bottom third. They have really struggled with the rush game, minus 18% DVOA, sub four adjusted line yards, only 24 attempts for 96 yards, sub four running back yards per attempt. Not going to get it done. The pass play blocking is poor. PFF grade below 50, just about as low as she'll go. They have 
kept Jones from getting sacked, but that's more his mobility opposed to their blocking. The offense in New York has been a struggle as of late, but you got to look at the competition. Most people not aware that Las Vegas defensive line, as far as pass rushing goes, is awesome. They had Jones off his spot all game, and the Giants were still able to pull that one off. Gosh, I I, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I really think the Giants might actually win this one outright. Tampa Bay defense has been very good. There's no two ways around it, but a lot of that was really front-loaded. Again, the injuries starting to catch up to the Bucks, losing to New Orleans. They gave up 36. Losing to Washington, they gave up 29. Not to say I'm addicted to the recency here, that it's all about the last thing I've seen, but when you're going to lose major, massive pieces on both sides of the ball, I'm not sure what else to expect. You know Brady is going to be slinging the rock past DVOA at 46, loving that. They protect him, only 12 sacks allowed, sub 4% adjusted sack rate, 43 attempts for 29 completions for the old man, averaging over 315 per game. Giants defense against the pass has really just been average. They struggle getting to the quarterback. They uh, give up a lot of attempts and a lot of completions, but the yards per attempt at 6.6, yards per completion below 10. That's where you want to be as far as the secondary goes. They're playing a bit back, letting teams operate underneath. You see that reflected in the opposition's production from wideouts. Man, I'm not even sure McLaurin went over 100. Cooper Cup went over 100. And he's the only other player. Tyreek Hill, 12 for 94. Maybe these are the best wide receivers in the game. Other than that, Giants keeping the opposition underneath. Calvin Ridley, you know, he had eight grabs, but only 61. You're going to see that throughout the game log against the men in blue. Hunter Renfro again. Caught seven balls, was only for 49. I'm expecting a bit more of that. I think Brady will be efficient and effective but I'm not sure about this 11 points. That's really where I'm kind of stuck. I took a look at the props. They were very hard to get behind. Remember, the Giants are missing pieces as well. Sterling Shepard is out. Dante Pettis is also out. Devontae Booker is questionable. Barkley is questionable. But if we are looking for the Giants to take advantage somewhat of the damaged Buccaneers secondary, I think that's where we'd want to look. The reception props all feel a bit high. I was looking at Galladay over 3.5, but DraftKings has that juiced up to minus 165. I'm an underdog better. There's no way I'm paying minus 165 for a prop. Like, zero chance that that's happening, especially for a situation like this. The Giants are not a ceiling offense whatsoever. You pop over to the receiving yards, though, and Galladay at 51.5 with the straight juice, minus 115. That might be something that we can take advantage of. Someone has got to get the rock, and when Galladay is out there, you really got to check the usage. It is amazing. 16% target, 27% air, 14 A dot for Kenny Galladay. Yes, they're not necessarily all jumping off the page. They are three checks. What's off, though. It's the target share. Who's beating him in target share in the season? Sterling Shepard and Dante Pettis, the two players not playing. This offense is going to get funneled through Galladay and through even Evan Ingram, probably, who actually, now that I pop over, his reception prop, 3.5 at plus money, definitely could be something you get. He has not crossed that in each of the last two games, but he 
did cross it three of the four before that. He's pretty much a lock for three or four catches, and I think I like the odds now that I think about it again. So give us the Giants with a piece of the plus 11. Give us the Giants with a small sliver of the plus 410. I think I like Evan Ingram over three and a half catches, and I think I like Kenny G to go over that 51 and a half. Where I'm creeping up right over around that 25-minute mark. I want to get out of here to keep you people fresh, wanting some more tomorrow. So I hope you were picking up what we're putting down. You dig in the review, all the transparency, plus a look and a free play for tonight's game. Please, please, please rate, review, and subscribe. It means the world to us, not just personally, but in terms of the algorithm. So thanks to everybody. Enjoy your Monday and then tonight. Enjoy that game. Enjoy your day when we're done with the book. Enjoy that pay. Remember when you work this hard, it feels a lot less like luck, don't it? Peace.